Happy Sabbath once again. All right, praise God for what the Lord is opening up. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and judge, judging by um, Michelle's response, it means that everybody's understanding. Right, Asante? You're understanding, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. So you're in, you, you following? Sheila, how about you? Are you able to follow a little bit? All right, in good time, we're going to share some of these things um, more, uh, you know, even next week for morning and evening worship and stuff like that. And by God's grace, by the end of next week, we should have a firm grasp of what's taking place. Amen? Amen. Please keep that in prayer. Keep the whole week in prayer. Right? It's a very important time for us. All right? So um, let us pray, and then we'll continue with our uh, third presentation. Amen. All right. So um, this morning I went over just the, 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 the past, you know, showing how, um, showing how the Lord dealt with, with our forefathers, the Millerites. Canard uh, went over um, some, some scriptural evidences of the same thing, showing um, the work that we must do, right? Really, really bringing forth that we must have faith, right? We, we must, but, but faith comes by what? Hearing, Hearing by the? And so this is a call to the scriptures, right? This is a call for us to start digging, all right? Because we're not going to be able to understand what's happening if we don't understand the scriptures ourselves. I can understand it for you. You can understand it for me. It's impossible, amen? And the Lord has given each one of us an intellect. And whatever the level of that intellect, there is light in there for you, all right? So... The other thing is, when you go to Matthew 24, the Bible says, Tell us, what shall be the... What, what, when shall be these things? Yeah, same thing. And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? In case you're wondering, the, the second presentation also begins with the same picture. Okay? So, um, but the disciples came to him, and, and, and they asked him these questions, and Christ gave them two signs. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, it says, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of thee? And earlier I said that that sign, right, that sign, the signs point both to his, I mean, both events have a sign, right? We must understand that. But the first event also, the first sign also points to the second coming. We understand? When you see the first sign, you know the second coming is also nigh, Right? So this, it's, it becomes really important to see the first sign. And the first sign is the midnight cry. Right? When the cry go forth, that's the, mid, that's the first sign. Amen? So as we go through now, I'm going to bring in, um, I'm just going to go more into those signs, right? More into what Christ explained on the walk to Emmaus, so to speak. But we're bringing it from other chapters. Remember, Ellen White says, Isaiah will tell you. Abraham will tell you. So we let some other people tell us as well about this sign, what we're looking for, and how we are to act. Amen? Amen. 
All right. So um, this is just a reminder here of, um, of April 19, which I have on the board here. April 19, all the way down to October 22nd, right? Highlighting the tiring time and the midnight cry. All right. So Cyrus will tell us. All right. We'll start right there. All right. It says, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, uh, the son of Amos, did see. And earlier, I did make mention that Babel, both Babylon and Jerusalem teaches us about the end of the world. So when we see Cyrus, then it's also teaching us about the end of the world. So if we go to verse 3, and I'm going to just, I'm going to try to go through it as slow as possible, but as fast as possible. Right? I would read everything. Okay? So if we go to verse 3, the Bible says, I have commanded my what? My sanctified ones. I have called my mighty ones. For mine anger, even them that rejoice in mine highness. What is the anger of the Lord? His wrath, all right? So for his wrath, he's calling his sanctified ones. And the reason why I'm bringing that out is because the disciples, they ushered in the kingdom of glory, and we're ushering the kingdom of? Sorry, the opposite. The disciples ushered in the kingdom of? Grace, and we're ushering the kingdom of? All right, the fact that nobody answers me means we're listening. Praise God, right? Everybody saw something wrong with what I said. Praise God. All right, so if you go down to verse 4, the last line, it says, The Lord of hosts must the Lord of hosts muster it what? The host for the Lord is mustering us for battle. Right? If we, because we are part of the church militant. Right? We are part of that arm, army. Amen? Alright, let us continue. Drop down to verse 10. So, um, verse 5 says, The weapons of his indignation. And if you drop down to verse 10, it says, For the stars of heaven and the what? constellations thereof shall not give the light, and the sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. What are those signs accompanied with? The second coming, right? So here, it's plain to see that Cyrus is typifying the, the second coming. Babylon. Amen. All right, keep in mind, Cyrus is called a sanctified one. He's called a mighty one. Continuing on. Uh, verse 15. Drop down to verse 15 on that page. Everyone that is found shall be what? Everyone that is found where? In Babylon, right? Because he says the burden of Babylon, right? Everyone that is found in Babylon. So where should you be when Cyrus come? Out of Babylon, right? Because if you found in Babylon, you shall be? Thrust through, it says, and everyone that is joined unto them shall fall by the Ephraim is joined to his idols. Let him alone. Separate from him. Be Amen. Amen. Be outside of Ephraim, right? Their children also shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up whom? The Medes against them. We shall not regard silver as for gold. They shall not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces. They shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. Amen. The sanctified one is Cyrus, right? The Bible says in Isaiah 44, Cyrus is my shepherd, right? And, and who's the shepherd? 
Christ. And Christ is the anointed one. Amen? The sanctified one. And then you go to the next verse, Isaiah 45, verse 1, says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed. So, Prophets and Kings 5.51. It says, The advent of the army of Cyrus before the walls of Babylon was to the Jews a what? A sign that their deliverance from captivity was what? So, so ah, it's not in this notes, but how many times did Cyrus, I want to ask it that way. Yes, there's two rumors, right? There was the one in, fi in 539, Cyrus, uh, he, he did the, the river, he, right? And in 538, he did the river, right? So what he's what showing us is what? It's the, it's the same sound. It's the same work, right? At the beginning and at the end. And we have to see how many of them. Both of them. When you see the destruction, I mean, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, right? Flee. How many armies came? Two, right? So Cyrus is representing those two armies. The one at the Gindis, which was the type, and the one at the... Right. When you saw the one at the Gindis, everyone was supposed to leave Babylon. Well, that first rumor... Everyone was supposed to go. Amen? All right, it's just teaching us the same truth, right? The Lord gave him a warning. Yep. You saw what he's capable of doing. You saw what he was going to do. Right? Amen. So, um, yeah, we could, we could go to the next page. It says, in the unexpected entry of what? Of the army of the Persian. Right? Conquer into the heart of the Babylonian capital by way of the channel of the river whose waters has been turned aside and through the inner gates that in careless security had been left open and unprotected, the Jews had abundant evidence of the literal fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy concerning the sudden overthrow of their oppressors. And this should have been to them an unmistakable sign that God what? That God's providence was speaking. That was the voice of, of God. Right? The work of Cyrus was the voice of God. Amen. Right? And they needed to see that. Right? Because God speaks also by providence. Alright? But was Cyrus not prophesied? Yes, Lord. Yeah, so they should have seen it. Right? It was clear as day that Cyrus was the one. The Lord called him by name. Yeah. Anyone studying the Bible... Cyrus, that name rings a bell, right? Anyone said in the Bible, would, it would draw them back to the Scriptures, amen? All right. Uh, Cyrus, he's my shepherd, the next quote, and shall perform my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be, and the temple shall be, thy foundation shall be. Had the Lord not taught us about that, that we should build a temple, right? The Lord has been warning us for a long time, right? Yes. It was the sign, right? Amen. It's not, it's not enough just to be there, but you have to receive it. That's what we read earlier, right? Being there is one thing. Receiving it is another. Unless the words are received into the heart, it will be a no fruit. All right? So, 
uh, the last quote says, Nor were these the only prophecies upon which the exiles had opportunity to base their hope of speedy deliverance. The writings of whom? Jeremiah. Of Jeremiah were within their reach. And in these were plainly set forth the what? The length of time. Plainly set forth. Right? The prophecies that the Lord are opening to us, what is coming is plainly set forth. We just have to pray and ask for it. Continuing on. Um, next bold, favor. Favor will be shown the remnant of Judah in answer to what? So how do we see the things that are plainly shown in the scriptures? Through fervent prayer. All right? So let us continue onwards. Now let's look at Daniel. Okay? In response to the book of Jeremiah, what did Daniel do? He prayed. Because that's what she said. She says not only Isaiah's prophecy, but also whose prophecy? So Isaiah will tell you, but who else will tell you? Jeremiah will tell you. But who now is telling us? Daniel will also tell you. Amen? All right. It says in the first year of Darius, right? Which means Cyrus has already taken Babylon. Amen? They already received the sign, right? All right. Job down to verse 2. It says, In the first year of the reign of, in his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came by the prophet whom? Jeremiah, right? That he would accomplish 70 years of, in the 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto, to do what? To seek by what? Prayer and supplications with? With fasting, right? Verse 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made what? Okay. So, the midnight cry, right? I, I, and I had some of them up here. The midnight cry, um, it says prayer, fasting, and what? Confession. And from this morning, we had obey. You also have to obey. Amen? Amen? All right. Now listen to it. Daniel says, we, this is his confession. We have what? Sinned and committed and have what? Done wickedly and have? Even by what? Who is this speaking about? How many of us see that? How many of us realize this is speaking about us? At the first camp meeting, what did the Lord teach us? Go to what? Go to the eastern states. At the second camp meeting, what is the lost sheep? Amen. The second camp meeting, what did he teach us? More of the same. The third one, what did he say? He added to it, build the temple. Right? Well, how many of these works have we done? So we need to confess. Amen? I really need us to understand. We need to confess. The light that we expect to see at the midnight cry cannot come Unless we confess. What did the disciples do for 10 days in the upper room? Praying and confessing their sins, right? And she says, unless we are daily advancing in the exemplification of the active Christian virtue, we shall not receive the rain, right? So this is calling us to pray, not only to work, but it's first calling us to confession, right? If we don't do that work, it matters not what we do after that. Right? This is the, it's very important that we see these things. Because when we leave here, before we have one meeting next week, confession 
needs to be made. Amen? Amen. All right. On to the next slide. So Daniel prayed and made confession, and he received an answer. I know I don't have it in here, but the Bible says, Gabriel came and he says, from the time you began to pray, I was on my way. Isn't that a wonderful promise? So when we leave here and we, we go to make confession, what should, what should we have in our mind? That from the time we begin to pray, Gabriel is on his way. Amen? This is a beautiful promise to have when you hit the ground. Right? Because you know when you rise, there is answers waiting. Amen? It says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in the everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to what? Anoint the most. Know therefore. What? Know. Right? When you see the sign and you pray, then you will? Know. Know therefore and what? Understand. And we went over that. What did Ellen White say we need to understand? Daniel 11, 30 to 36. Remember that? She says we must understand that because it's what? It's repeated in these last days. Amen? So it says, No, therefore, and understand that from the going forth to do what? To restore. From the minute we begin to go forward. This is what he's saying. From the moment we go and do the work of rebuilding the temple, he says, the time, the clock is started. Right? And Daniel is given this clock that goes to um, the, the, the close of probation, which is Stephen, right? Down to Stephen. All right? Say again. Yes, right? Because, because they examine this very soon. Right? All right. Now the last part, verse 27, he adds that in the midst of the week, the Messiah shall be, shall be cut off. Right? He pointed him to the midnight cry, is what I'm saying. Right? Everyone follow? This, the, because the cross is the midnight, is the midnight cry with all its events. Right? So Daniel, when he prayed, he was pointed to Exodus. When the Millerite prayed, that's where they went. Amen? Joseph Bates says, I knew... Uh, I had the feeling, I had the thought that there was going to be what? New light up there. Right? But that only come because Joseph Bates prayed. Right? Because Daniel prayed. Amen? Continuing on. Kingdom of grace. This is, this is the other part of this equation. When Daniel prayed, his first answer was how the Jews were going to be saved. Right? Which was by the coming of the Messiah. Amen? But when Christ came... He told them of how the Jews were going to be destroyed. Right? So you must understand the kingdom of grace and the kingdom of glory. No glory, no grace. Keep that in mind. If we don't understand yet how to woo people to Christ, we can't tell them about the judgment to come. Right? It's in part because you would just be scaring people away from the gospel. I said it wrong, right? Thank you. No grace. No cross, no crown, right? This is something the Lord has been teaching us for a long time. Again, nothing new. Only the Lord is putting a greater emphasis on that which he has told us before. 
right? We have a, there is more urgency for us now because you can see the end is near. They're attacking marriage, right? And the next step is to attack the Sabbath. After the sixth day is the, we're almost at the end of the week. Amen? All right. The kingdom of grace was instituted immediately after the fall of man, when a plan was devised for the redemption of the guilty race. It then existed in purpose and by the promise of God and through what? What did Kuna just went over? Faith, right? Through an understanding of the types, through an understanding of the old things, right? Men, become, men could become its subjects, amen? Yet, it was not actually established until when? Until the midnight cry. Amen? Even, uh, drop down to the next bowl. But when the Savior yielded up his life and with his expiring breath cried out what? It is finished. Then the fulfillment of the plan of redemption was assured. The promise of salvation made to the sinful pain Eden was ratified. The kingdom of grace which had before existed by promise was then what? Established. So when we get to the end here, there is something the Lord promises us that will be what? It'll be established. And on this rock is where we need to build that church. Everyone's following? All right. Everyone that comes into the movement is going to come in on that name. Right? That is established here at the end. Amen? So no grace, no glory. We need to understand the grace. And what, one, a second reason why we need to understand the grace is because this grace needs to take effect on your own heart. Right? And if you don't understand it, it can't do its work. Amen? All right. So let's just take a look at this grace for a minute. Go to Exodus 33. Um, Moses said to the Lord, uh, the Lord said to Moses in, in verse 12, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found what? Grace in thy, in my sight. So Moses found grace in the sight of the Lord. Based on what Kunat presented, what should Moses receive? A revelation. Right? If, 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 you, if, if, you found, uh, if grace is found in you, then the Lord will give you a? Because we are saved by grace through? Through faith. Through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's go to verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, this is Moses, and this should be us. If I have found grace in thy sight, do what? Show me now thy, that I may what? That I may know thee, that I may find. Moses want more grace. The Lord already told him he had grace. Now, what is he asking? He says, show me so that I may find what? Even more grace. Amen? In thy sight, and consider that this nation... Uh, is thy people. And he said, my what? What is, the, what is the presence of the Lord? Light has always been a symbol of his. He said, my, my light shall go what? And Ellen White says, the light at the beginning of the path was the midnight cry. And it shined all the way to the end. That's the light, right? But it's a revelation, but it's an increasing Revelation. Amen. 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 Now drop down to verse 16. Moses says, For wherein shall it be known here 
that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. Is it not that thou what? Goeth with us, so, sh so shall we be what? Taken out of the world, taken out of Babylon. And I and, the, I and thy people from all peoples that are upon the face of the earth. The midnight cry <coughs> made the separation. Amen? Between the camp at the, 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 yeah. the Watertown camp and the, ex and, the, and the camp with the Millerites in it. Amen? And then at the end, the Lord gave them this new name, Seventh Day Adventist. Right? He gave them the Sabbath. Amen? The Amen. The sign. All right. So through Jeremiah, uh, uh, by studying Jeremiah, Daniel was led to pray, and him praying led him to be receiving a message on the grace of God. Amen? So Ellen White says this in Prophets and Kings. While Jeremiah continued to bear his testimony in the land of Judah, the prophet Ezekiel was raised up from among the captives of Babylon to do what? To warn and to comfort the exiles, and also to do what? Confirm the word of the Lord that was being spoken through Jeremiah. Right? So Ezekiel will tell you. All right? So... Job down to the last bold. He was also instructed to foretell, by means of a variety of symbols, the solemn messages and solemn messages, amen, the siege and what? All the destruction of. So while Ezekiel was raised up to bring comfort, he was also raised up to bring what? A message of? A message of destruction. This is what Kanan was saying. There is a message that we're going to have to teach about the destruction that is to come, right? Because that's what Ezekiel was raised up for, right? Now, we're all, we've, we've been in this message long enough to know, when was Ezekiel raised up? The fifth day of the fourth month. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, if we take that Millerite history, you have the fifth day no. Millerite history. No. Yeah. Fifth day of the fourth month, followed by what? First day of the... Fifth month followed by tenth day of the seventh month. This is actually the first day of the first month. All right. So Millerite history gives us the template for what we're dealing with here at the end of the world. And Ezekiel is raised up when? The fifth day of the fourth month. Amen? Let us continue to read. And Ezekiel is given a message of the destruction of Jerusalem. Right? And let us see how the people responded. Ezekiel 12, verse 19 says, And say unto the people of this land, Thus saith the Lord God of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel, They shall eat their bread with carefulness and drink their water with, what is that in re reference to? A famine. A famine. Amen? Amen? All right. That her land may be, what is the, what is the message? Desolations are the same message Daniel received. Right? Daniel read Jeremiah, prayed. He got a message of desolation. Ezekiel raised up, got a message of desolation. Amen? They ask a question, what did they get? A message of? When we ask the question, what do you think we're going to get? The same thing. But no, 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 no glory without grace. He's going to give us his love before he gives us. The, the, the desolation. Amen? Yeah. Because we need something to sustain us in that desolation. Yeah, yeah. Alright? 
Continuing on, verse 20. And the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, and the land shall be desolate, and ye shall what? They go that term again, right? And the Bible says um, in John 17 and verse 3, right, that um, this is life eternal, that they may what? Know thee, the only true and Jesus Christ whom thou hast. So all these signs are only for us to do what? To know God. But it's about eternal life. It's no joke to miss the sign. It's to lose out on eternal life. Amen? This should put in our hearts a real yearning to save people. Right? Because you know for a fact that they don't know this. Right? But here's the Lord telling you, and what are you going to do? Just save yourself? Selfishness. No, that, that's not self-denial. Amen? Yeah. So let us continue. Verse 22. Son of man, what is the proverb that you have in the land of Israel saying? The days are what? And every vision? All right. When we came to the fifth day of the fourth month, what were we teaching? That we received what? Power. What was the response? Where is it? Where is the power? Where did, they, where did the other people put the power? The All the way at the end. They're telling us the days are what? Prolonged, Prolonged and every vision. every vision faileth. That's the response. Right? So Ezekiel is raised up, and this is what they said. But listen to the Lord's response. Tell them, therefore, verse 23, Thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to what? To cease. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. Job down to verse 27. Amen. Amen. Right? It's the same thing in all ages. That's why Bates says, To deny the midnight cry is to deny all ages. It's to say that the Lord didn't teach no one, and the Lord can't teach no one. All right, verse 27. Son of man, behold, they of the house of what? Israel say, the vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesied of the times that are afar off. Therefore, say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, there, there shall no more of my words be prolonged anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be, shall be done. All right. Let us continue. So, Ezekiel prophesies of the destruction of Babylon. Daniel prophesied, sorry, the destruction of uh, Jerusalem. Daniel prophesies of the destruction of Jerusalem. But they told Ezekiel the days are what? Prolonged. I want to show you in Daniel, we already read it, but in Daniel, the Lord, the Lord answers when he says, Ezekiel, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision, the Lord are already cut off the Jews, right? Let's go to Ezekiel. This is, the, I mean, Daniel. This is the response to Ezekiel. Seventy weeks are what? The, the days are at hand. Once the Lord sets a time, what's coming? The end, right? The midnight cry only marks the beginning of the, of the end. Once the Lord set a time, the end is coming. Daniel prayed, and what did he receive? A message on the midnight cry. A message on the... The, the, the coming and death of Christ. In the midst of the week, he was going to be what? Cut off. That's the message Daniel received. 
And it says, seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy to do what? Finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. He's making the proof of the cease. Right? He says, and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the what? Overspreading of what? Abominations. He shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Now, in the natural, Ezekiel was prophesying of when Nebuchadnezzar came under Zedekiah to destroy the temple. And what were, the, what were they saying at that time? The days are prolonged and every vision filling. Daniel's message points to Christ. Amen? And in Matthew 24, what did Christ say? Christ says, a time is determined upon these people because Cestius is coming. Christ really said that same thing. Everyone following? Because Christ said, because Daniel says, he shall make it what? Desolate, and that that is determined shall be poured out on the, what was determined upon the Jews? The destruction, right? So Daniel points to the destruction of Jerusalem in Christ's time, while Ezekiel points to the destruction of Jerusalem in Nebuchadnezzar's time. The point that I'm making is it's one in the same. The answer to Daniel is the answer to Ezekiel. Right? The days are prolonged. They were saying the same thing in Daniel's days. Right? And Daniel prayed and he got an answer. The Lord says, no, it's not prolonged. Right? And, and, and they weren't saying it literally, but by the way you live, you also teach that the days are prolonged. Amen? If you're not preparing, when they went into Babylon, what did they do? They joined the Babylonians. What were they teaching? That the days are? Prolonged. The days are prolonged, but the Lord says no. Right? The time is at hand and the effect of every vision. Let us continue. That word um, to seal up in Daniel, it means to seal, especially to seal. Right? Keep that in mind. We'll come to that. To make and what? End. To make an end. And to what? Mark. To mark. All right? So when we see this seal and this mark going forth, what should we know? That the days are at? The days are at hand. Amen? The sealing message has been preached, right? So, Matthew 24 says, When therefore you shall see whom? The abomination of desolation stand in the holy place. Just the bold. So, Ezekiel, um, the answer to, 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 I'm saying that, the Daniel 9.24 is an answer to Ezekiel's um, issue. The days are at hand. And the Lord says, when you see the abomination of that's how you know the days are at hand. Right? Because in 9.24 it says, And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it what? It's because of these abominations, the desolation is coming. Amen? So now, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 8. What did the Lord show Ezekiel in chapter 8? The abominations. Right? I, 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 I pray I'm doing a good job in weaving Ezekiel and Daniel together because they're not the same history locally, right? But prophetically, when you bring them together, we have to see that it's the same history. Amen? We have to see that Daniel was also shown the abominations then. 9-11. 9-11. 
He was shown how the papacy would rise. He was shown from paganism to papalism. Dial 2, dial 4, I mean, sorry, dial 7, dial 8, dial 9, and 11. Amen? All of it was showing him the abominations done where? In the land. Amen? The papal abomination, I mean, the pagan abomination and the papal abomination. Right? This is Daniel 8. How long shall be uh, um, the division for the daily and the both of them, right? The two abominations. Daniel was shown the abominations and Ezekiel is now being shown the, is shown the abominations. Amen? However, Ezekiel is shown the abominations within God's house. Whereas Daniel was shown the abominations in the world. Because Daniel dealt with the kings. Ezekiel deals with the church. Right? Continuing on. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the, land, the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Then I beheld, and lo, the likeness of the appearance of fire, and the appearance of his, from the appearance of his loins even downward fire, and from his loins even upward as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. And he put forth the form of an hand and took me by what? The lock of mine head and the spirit lifted me where? Between heaven and? Between the earth and the heaven. What is that a symbol for? The cross. The cross. Ezekiel is given the cross experience. Amen? And he says, and he brought me where? So you don't go into the vision of God until you have what experience? When did Christ receive all the revelations? Gethsemane. Right? Once Christ, in fact, from the beginning, once Christ accepted the, the sacrifice he had to make, he was getting revelations from the time he was born to the time he died. Because he was always going to the cross. Amen? So it says, And brought me into the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate, which looked towards the what? Towards the north. Remember when Abraham came to Mount Moriah, what did he look? What did he see the cloud? In the north. Ezekiel is also pointed where? Northward. He's at the midnight cry. Everyone's following? This is the message you're receiving at the midnight cry. It says, Where the seat of image of jealousy, um, which provoke it to, to jealousy. And behold, the what? The glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the Keep in mind, when he saw this vision, the glory was there. Amen? Go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't know exactly what you're saying, but okay. You want to explain it? The glory? The glory of the Lord was there? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, though these abominations were, were, um, were happening in Babylon, the glory of the Lord was still there. Oh, the, the three boys. The three there. boys. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. Amen. All right. Thank you for that. So, let's go now. To Ezekiel says he saw the glory as the glory he saw where? When he was by the, by the river. Right? So, if you want to understand what he was seeing, you must go back to the river. Amen? That, so now let's go to Ezekiel 1 and verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the what? 
In the fourth month, in the what? Fifth day, fifth day of the fourth month. Everyone's following now? Everyone with me? Ezekiel is receiving the midnight cry. Right? So he says, in the fifth day of the fourth month, I was among the captives by the river Chabar. And what happened? The heavens opened and I saw visions of God. And this is what the Lord showed us a long time ago, that the heavens opened. For Samuel Snow on July 15th, the heavens, July 21st, the heavens opened. Right? And what did he see? He saw how the sanctuary worked. And as he, as he brought those things together, the Lord showed him the future. Amen? Amen? So as we bring those things together from this point, what is the Lord going to show us? He's going to show us the future. But we have to be prepared by the grace of Christ to receive that future. Before Ezekiel was given these things, he was taken up between heaven and earth. He went to the cross, and then he was given these revelations. Everyone's following? Christ went into Gethsemane, and then he was given what? These revelations at, at, at his third prayer, who came down? The angel came down to show him what? All those who would be saved by his sacrifice. Right? Let's continue. Job on to verse 28. It says, As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I did what? I heard the voice that spoke. Voice. All right? This is what the Lord is showing us. We must hear that voice. Amen? Continuing. Now that... Yes. Yes, we read the quote this morning where she says... Um, God, by his providence, caused Cestius to leave. And providence is what? Is the voice of God. All right? Say again. Yes. No. Ezekiel 8. Let's go back to Ezekiel 8. So Ezekiel says he was having this vision just like the first one. Now we go back to Ezekiel 8. And he says, and he brought me where? Into the, where is the inner court of the Lord's house? All right. It's, it's, it's too bad. It says, He brought me into the inner house of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between what? So where, where is he really looking? The holy place. Everybody following? All right. And it says, um, Between the porch and the altar were about twenty and five men with their backs towards the temple of the Lord and their faces towards the east, and they worshiped the sun towards the east. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen, O son of man, is it a light thing that the house of Judah, to the house of Judah, that they commit what? The abominations which they commit here? What's Christ's words to the disciples? When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, standing where? Where was these men? Doing what? Bowing down to the sun. Right? The abomination was in the holy place. That's when you flee. Amen? All right, so it says, um, For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I, I, therefore will I also deal with 
in fury, mine eye shall not what? Spear, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a false cry, yet, I, yet will I not what? So we read earlier from um, Isaiah 13 that when Cyrus come, he was not going to do what? Not going to spear. He was going to kill what? Um, he was going to ravish the wives. He was going to kill the children. He was going to deal with the, 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 the men, right? This is the Lord is saying the same thing here, right? And when Cyrus came, Belshazzar was standing in the holy place because he took the vessels of the Lord's house to do what? To drink to his gods, right? And, when, and who came? Cyrus to do what? To execute judgment, just like the Lord is telling Ezekiel, I will execute judgment. He says, I will deal in fury upon this people. So let us continue. He cried also in my ears, with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, and every man with his what? Destroying weapon in his... When Cyrus came to Babylon, what did he come with? with? His army. When Cestius came to Jerusalem, what did he come with? When Titus came back, what did he come with? His army, right? The, di the only difference is the first time you hear the rumor, or the first time when Cestius comes, the Lord gives them what? Grace. Amen? So once we saw the fifth day and the fourth month, we started seeing what was going to happen at the end. What is the Lord giving us? Grace to do what? To flee, to prepare, to repent, and to flee. Amen? So here in Ezekiel 9, we're going to see the same thing. The Lord says, cause the men and every man with his destroying weapon to come. Notice. Verse uh, 2. And behold, six men came from the way which lied of from the way of the higher gate, which lied towards the what? Towards the north. There's a cloud gathering. Amen. It says, And every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with what? Did they call for that man? Read the Bible. Did the Lord call for that man? Read it. The Lord says, cause every man with a destroying weapon to come. Never call the man with the writer's inkhorn. Why is he there? Because Christ says, my blood, Father. My blood, my blood, my blood. Not willing that any should perish. That's the love of God here. When you read this verse, it says, call every man with a destroying weapon. And as you read verse 2, it never talked about the man with the, with the writer's ink on. It says, six men came, every man with his what? With it. it still never talked about that man. But then the Lord inserted there. But one man among them had on what? He had on the linen with the writer's Isn't that mercy? Christ loves us, right? The Lord could have done what he wanted to do since 2020 began, Right? But one man among them was there do with what? With the writer's inkhorn. He was giving us time. So go ahead. Yes, when Cestius fled. They had three and, a, three and a half years, right? So, continuing on. It says, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was what? It was gone up. Right? 
So at first, the glory was there. And now the glory is? Your house is left unto you desolate. And Daniel says, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Right? When this cloud gathers, we should be gone. Right? Because there's one man among them who would have the writers. And he's going forward giving every... His work is giving time to get ready. Right? Christ, when, when, when she says, when the Father was about to send his wrath down, Christ steps in between the Father and the people and he said, my blood, my blood, my blood, Father, my blood. Amen? This is, we are, we, essentially, we're on borrowed time. Did we not hear the voice of the prophet in the first camp meeting? Did we not hear the voice of the prophet in the second camp meeting? Did we not hear the voice of the prophet in the third meeting? Well, we're on borrowed time. The man with the writer's inkhorn has bought us time. Now is the time to do the work. Now is the time to go forward, joining um, Christ in his work. Amen? Christ could do the work for himself, but to give us time, he enlists us in it. Amen? Continuing onward, it says, And he called the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the what? Midst of the city through the midst of Jerusalem and said a what? It says, and that that is determined shall be poured upon the 70, 70 weeks was given unto them to do what? To make an and to what? Seal up. And we look at that word seal and that word seal up means to mark. Right? So the 70 weeks is obviously it's typifying probationary time. Right? And so what we're on now is borrowed time. One thing we can praise the Lord for, it, it is just as detrimental to do the right work here as it is to do when the Sunday law come. This is an example of what's going to happen at the Sunday law. At the Sunday law, these things are going to be fulfilled in, in the, in, in, yeah, eternally, so to speak. When it happens, that's the event. These things... They're, they're types, they're, they're, they're examples. Yes, they bear the principles, right? But no one's probation is closed here, no one's probation is closed here, no one's probation is closed here, right? The Lord still gives you the opportunity to sin and repent, to sin and repent. But when you come to the Sunday law, there is none of that, right? So this we need to see and understand. The Lord is giving us an example of what the Sunday law is like. So that when we come to the Sunday law, we shall not fail. Amen? Because <coughs> all these things were written for our in samples upon whom the end of the world. Our experience is going to be an example for others who come into this movement. Amen? In fact, Jeff's, exam Jeff's ex experience was an example for us. Amen? All right. All these things were examples. Okay? So, um, it says, And set a, set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that Sion... Cry. Now let's go to the next text. In Luke 24, it says, Luke 21, When you see Jerusalem come past by army, then know that desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are where? In the midst of it. Right? This is where the Lord sent the man with the rider's inkhorn. All those who fled from Jerusalem are demonstrating that they received the mark. Because they left. Amen? Come out of her. My people, they received the seal, right? And they were not to be destroyed. She says, not one Christian 
perished in the destruction. Amen? Yes. Everywhere it gets. Everywhere it gets yeah. yeah. As it says, the seven last plagues are not universal. Otherwise, the inhabitants, they would Yeah, they would die. They wouldn't. So, it, but this is just a warning to the city. Praise God. You know, come out, because that's what it just says. Amen. And Matthew 24 says, But pray ye that your flight not be in the winter. winter. Okay? And only those who sigh and cry are receiving the mark. Amen? Yeah. All right. Continuing on. And to the others, he said in my hearing, who's the others? The destroying angels, right? Go ye, go ye after him through the what? City and smite. Let not your eye spear, neither have ye what? So just like the destruction of Babylon, same with the destruction of Jerusalem. Amen? Spear, he says, don't spear anything. Now I want you all to understand that also is a part of the preaching of the message. Because what does Isaiah 58 say? And what? Spear not. Everyone must get the sword. The sword is the word. Right? And we become these destroying angels to some extent who go forward doing what? Slaying men with the word of God. Amen? All right. So it says, Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children, and women, but come not near any man whom, upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary, those who have had the greatest light. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. And he said unto him, Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain. In the destruction of Jerusalem, Ellen White says, Blood ran down the street, the, 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 the steps of the temple. Right? So all that Ezekiel is prophesying, was about the destruction of Jerusalem, also in 70 AD. Everybody understanding? All right, go ahead, Michelle. This also shows that how God was with Israel. His last words were saying, "Let's just make chapter one, because his words were literally the chapter two to start. So you know that the temple was actually destroyed, and that was supposed to be the foundation. But they were already dead of wickedly and also of fear of time. But whereas, like, it had to happen. You know. You would have understood a little bit better. Amen. You know who else was sad when the temple was destroyed? The two on the walk to Emmaus. They too were sad because Christ has destroyed this temple. And in three days, God raised it up. That's why you're not to be sad because in three days, He's going to raise it up, right? So the destruction that's coming upon the world, we know it's grievous. But the Lord is saying, after that, I will come unto you. Yeah, right? New, new Amen. New Jerusalem. Amen? Yeah. All right. So, because um, Ezekiel, he turned around and he says, Ah, Lord God, will you destroy the righteous? Yeah. All, right? he, he, was, he was about to get sad himself. Right? Oh, Abraham. Abraham and Lot. <clears throat> Verse 10. It says, as for me also, this is the Lord speaking, mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense my way upon the head. And, be 
their way upon their head. And behold, the man clothed with linen, which had the inkhorn by his side, reported the matter, saying what? I have done. And that that is determined shall be done. And so he comes on to the end, and this is why I have end here. And he says, it is finished. Because Daniel, when he received the, the message, he received the message of what? The cross. Ezekiel, when he received the message, he received the message of the cross. Right? And when you bring it down to the end, it says it is. But God forbid there's a group of men in here that keep saying the days are prolonged. And every vision we have to go to these men and warn them of what is coming right? but we first have to pray and ask the Lord what is coming, that's what Daniel did he went to pray okay? now if you go to Daniel chapter 2 how did Daniel uh, how, what was Daniel's response to trying to find out what, what is coming he went and prayed with, with his friends. what's the key word there he gathered his brethren yeah. amen that's how, you pr that's how you find out what's coming. You gather your brethren and you pray. Amen. Yes, because at first there were little groups everywhere, but at Exeter it was all of them, one movement. I was going to say the man with the right of ink on is representing the people that's actually going. Yes. Amen. He's preaching. He's going to the city preaching. Yes. The destroyers are behind him. Once he leaves that city, because once Christ does do so, so. Amen. So I pray that we can see clearly, right, the parallels between Menorah history, the midnight cry in that time, and the midnight cry in that time. What, what, what I really also have endeavored to show is that this period, uh, this whole period, right, this, this, this whole thing from the fifth day of the fourth month all the way down to the end is typifying July 21st to October 22nd. Everybody follow? Well, that is typifying this, right? But this is only a type to teach us the Sunday law to the close of probation. Everybody with me? Is everyone with me? This is important for us to understand. Because whatever the Lord is going to open on the back of that, you need to understand this so that you can build upon what is already given. Amen? All right. So, one of the things we taught was that the end, we call it the sign. Right? But how many signs does Matthew 24 say we have? So, essentially, this whole thing is the sign. Sign at the beginning, sign at the end. It says, When therefore you shall see Jerusalem, what? Encompassed with armies. All right? And then he goes down, and, 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 the, and the, um, history teaches us that how many armies came? Two. Right? And then he says, then the end will come. Amen? When we see the army, we have to preach. We have to preach. Amen? And as we preach, like Kanar is saying, we, we represent the man with the rider's inkhorn who is going forward. And all who accept what we teach, they've been marked. Right? Because the Bible says, mark them that cause division. division. Right? So we'll be separating from those who cause division. And just go read James White's account on Exodus. And he talks about how the two camps were there. And on the first day, 
There's clapping and noise and things coming from the other tent. But by the 15, what happened? Man, they just got quiet. It was, people could have told the clear difference between the tent of the Advent believers and the tent of the Sunday believers. Right? It was a clear distinction. Amen? Amen. All right. When Cestius come, you could tell a clear distinction as to who is God, who is of God, and who is not. Because who is of God is going to flee, and who is of Satan is going to flee after Cestius. They're going to go after the things of this world. So I sought to bring these witnesses out so that we kind of have a better understanding of where we are currently, right? And why you hear this sense of urgency among us, right? Because it is urgent. When Christ revealed to the two on the walk, uh, uh, on the walk to Emmaus, which, which we know is this point, what did they do? After Christ revealed himself to them, what did they do? Did they eat? Sounds like they had an urgent message, right? They understood the urgency of the message. And they gave up their all to go and give that message, right? They gave up their necessary food to go and give that message. But the Lord is calling us to do the same thing. And I pray that in each one of our hearts we'll make that decision to go forward. Right? We don't see what's on the other side of the Red Sea. But nevertheless, we know for a fact that the Egyptians are behind us. If you don't go forward, what do you certainly face? Bondage. Death. And if you go forward, what do you certainly face? Bondage. Death. But who's asking you to go forward? Exactly. Who's asking you to go forward? My sheep know my voice. And another voice they will not hear. Amen? Amen. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the multitude of witnesses, Lord, evidences that you are giving us for the times that we are living in. Father, we pray that you forgive us, Lord, where we have made um, false moves, where we had failed to go forward, where we have failed in obeying your word. And we pray and ask, O oh Lord, that you uh, come to our aid even now, uh, that as, as we press forward in what you are teaching us, that our faith may be increased, and that you will please, Lord, strengthen us to carry the cross that you are now asking us to bear. Be with us throughout the rest of this uh, blessed Sabbath day. We pray also for our listeners online, and we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.